This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Money Pit is brought to you by Grain and Stanley Tools. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And it's a beautiful day to pick up the hammer, pick up the saw, and get to work on your home improvement project. But before you do that, pick up the phone and call us at 888-MONEY-PIT or log on to moneypit.com and post your question to our community page because we are here to help you get the job done. Coming up on today's program, now that the weather is getting warm, did you ever notice how everyone loves to pitch in on projects like planting the gardens and the landscaping? Around our part of the neighborhood, that can include the family dog, because this is the season for digging holes and hiding treasures. We're going to have tips, though, to teach your dogs how to not help in that gardening. We're going to give you some ideas on how you can stop them from digging holes that you'll eventually need to patch coming up. Yeah, listen, Tom, I think you're missing an opportunity, though. If you can train Spot to dig strategic holes where you need them, and then you can plant plants or bulbs in the fall, I think you've got a win-win situation. Please, Spot, every 18 inches for the next tomato plant. Exactly. A little you start bit over to the left, perfect. You go right there. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Also ahead, guys, by now you've probably had to switch from Edison's traditional light bulb, you know, the incandescent version that I still love and, quite frankly, I'm hoarding, to, <laughs> you know, those more modern CFL and LED bulbs. But you're probably struggling with the wattage. You know, what's equal to a standard 60-watt bulb? There's so many choices. So... Tom, what do we got for everybody this hour? Well, we're going to find out when we talk to the guy from the UL that oversees everything electrical, including how to interpret those maximum wattage ratings. You know the ones that are on every lamp or fixture? It says don't use more than a 60-watt bulb Mm -hmm. or 100-watt bulb. What does that mean when you're plugging in these LED bulbs that use so few watts to deliver that same equivalent amount of power can be pretty confusing. So we're going to get tips in just a bit. All right. Maybe you'll convert me after this. <laughs> All right. One caller that we talked to this hour is going to win a very cool prize we've got up for grabs from Stanley Tools. I absolutely love mine. I've got one of these. It's the TLM99S Laser Distance Measurer. Now, it features Bluetooth connectivity via the Stanley Floor Plan app. So pretty much you get a blueprint of your room as you are measuring. It makes taking measurements in your home super easy and very accurate. It's priced worth $120, but it's going out to one caller drawn at random from those that reach us for today's show. The number is one Money Pit. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Aaron in Louisiana is on the line. How can we help you today? Hi. I have a slab house that's about 35 years old, and it's showing signs of needing to be leveled. But I thought I heard on a previous show of yours that you do not recommend leveling a house, just fix the issues that come up as it needs it. 
And I didn't know if I heard correctly or not. So I thought I would call and ask about that. Well, tell me, how much of a slope are you noticing throughout the property on the interior of the home? No, we're seeing cracks in the walls, cracks in the ceiling, cracks in the floors. Okay. Now, if you put a marble on the floor in some of these rooms that you're seeing these cracks, does it roll all around wildly? If it does roll, how fast? I actually have not done anything like that. Oh, the marble test. It's very fun. That will tell you if the ground itself is level. Now, if you're seeing cracks in the walls and in the ceiling, are they sort of near a doorway or a window, or are they just square in the middle of stuff? Well, there's a a crack in the floor that's square in the middle of the floor. It extends out into a, uh, we have a sliding glass door, and the brick above the sliding glass door is separated. And then we also see it, I also see it in rooms next to the wall, you know, where it's like the house is shaped like a T and um, where one part of the top of the T goes into the long part of the T, I can see it separating there against, against the, you know, in the ceiling. You know, generally, if you see cracks and they're by a door frame or a window, that's just general movement because of the opening in the envelope of the home, you know, being in a window opening or a doorway in an interior wall. Now, if you're seeing it like in the middle of the floor and above a door frame in brick, you might be concerned there could be some structural issues going on. However, you might want to bring in a structural engineer. You bring in an engineer or even a home inspector, and for a couple of hundred bucks, they'll come in and look at these areas and diagnose specifically what's going on there. Because it could be something structural that could need to be fixed in you know, a way that you can't just do by repairing the crack, or it could just simply be natural settlement of the home over the duration of the home's lifespan, and that's easily fixable. But because you have a crack forming in the middle of a floor and that continues to a doorway, I would definitely bring in somebody who's a structural engineer And they can write up a report on it. And the benefit of doing that is that when you do fix this, whatever the problem may be, you are going to have a full written pedigree of what you've done to the problem in the home, how you fixed it, and what everything was done correctly. This way, if you go to sell the home and somebody says, oh, I saw a crack or whatever the situation might be, you can say, actually, this happened. We did this repair and it's all square. Okay. You know, Aaron, some cracks are really typical wear and tear, so to speak. But this one definitely sounds like you need a pro to check it out. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Stephen, Illinois, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Looked outside this year, and we've got a building that was built in 1929. It's got a porch above the the patio down below and, and on the exposed uh, joists, uh, those carpenter bees have uh, put some holes in there and it, uh, we're looking for a way to uh, eliminate the carpenter bees and not necessarily poison everything in the neighborhood. Well, part of what they're doing is, you know, they really enjoy eating this natural wood. So they're coming there because you've got something tasty to offer up. And, you know, it turns out that they love to bore these holes that are like perfectly three eighths inches, you know, round. So you can do a couple of things. You can um, you can have it treated by a pest professional and then seal up those holes, and that should do the trick. But you're right. You know, chemicals are used, and that might not be what you have in mind. The other thing is you can cover that or replace that joist completely or whatever the support is with a 
synthetic wood or a composite that looks like wood, but it's not actually wood. It could be extruded PVC. It could be recycled plastics. This way, it looks like wood. It's doing the same job that the wood piece was. However, carpenter bees, carpenter ants, termites, whatever pests like to eat a natural source is wood, they're going to try it. They're not going to get into it, and they're going to be really confused and fly away and find somewhere else to eat. Yeah, that, uh, that sounds uh, like like an option. That, uh, that, uh, yeah, I was wondering if there's something that, uh, you know, that I assume that painting it would not uh, make a difference. I didn't know if there was something that uh, could be topically applied to it that uh, would be would be environmentally friendly and, and uh, keep the bees out. Mm-mm. I've had them eat through the painted wood that makes up my entire screen and porch. And then what happens is they bore a hole, but they won't bore all the way through. They'll bore into the wood, even if it's just like a one by six or whatever. They find a way to bore into it and then bore through the wood itself and lay their eggs in there. Okay. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. It looks like you do, somebody got out with a drill and drilled the hole in there. It's just bizarre. It's perfect how they do it. So essentially, the the, the options of basically are, are having someone come out and, and treat it or, or either covering or changing the material that's there. Yeah, changing material is usually the best bet because they won't eat it. And then as an added benefit, you know, it doesn't require any maintenance except the occasional cleaning. You know, you're not going to be painting it all the time. It really is a win-win situation. Okay. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, I'll look, in, I'll look into that. I, uh, I've got a contractor that's got to come out anyway, so I'll, I'll look into into both options, but it, it sounds like if, if I'd prefer something that uh, wouldn't have to do with pesticides. Steve, I hope that takes care of those carpenter bees once and for all. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Give us a call 24 hours a day, seven days a week with your home repair, home improvement, design, decor, whatever it is you are working on at your Money Pit. We're here to give you a hand at 888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Still to come, we've got popular paint covers that are now inspired from the most unusual places. Find out about one color making a big impression with the help of some funny little animated characters. And here's a tip. The color is Minion Yellow. If you've got kids, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. We'll be back with the latest decor inspired by cartoons after this. You live in a body pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. 
making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When you're ready to search for a home, start at Realtor.com. Realtor.com is the most accurate home search site. And be sure to work with a Realtor to help you through the process. Realtor.com and Realtors. Together, we make home happen. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call. The number here is 888-MONEY-PIT. One caller that we talked to this hour is going to win the Stanley Laser Distance Measurer, and it's got Bluetooth connectivity. Now, this tool, the TLM99S, is going to make jobs super easy to estimate. It's going to be quick. It instantly calculates square footage, volume, and distance. And the multifunctional TLM99S laser distance measurer is small enough to fit in your pocket. It's a great tool for builders and remodelers and real estate agents and contractors and landscapers, painters, even us do-it-yourselfers out there. So it's a great tool to get into your toolbox. The TLM99S can be used alone or with the new Stanley Floor Plan app, which is available for iOS and Android devices. For more information, visit stanleytools.com. Deb in Wyoming, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Yeah, I've got some trouble with an area of grass uh, right in the middle of my yard. It's probably 20 by 20. The yard or the problem area? The problem area is probably 20 by 20. Okay, that's a big problem. Yeah, and the lawn is pretty big, and it, it grows really good all the way around this area. And um, it only it'll grow maybe you know, an inch or two, and then it kind of heads out and um, never really gets green. We put extra water on it, and we fertilize it and aerate it just like the rest of the lawn, but it just doesn't doesn't look good, and it seems funny that this would be just in one area. Well, it could be, you know, that that area, for whatever reason, has a different pH balance than the other parts of your lawn itself. And therefore, that the seed that you're using is reacting differently to the soil than the other areas. So you might want to take a couple of soil samples from the problem area and have those tested. Sometimes the home centers sell little kits. Sometimes you might have to contact your local building department to find out who you can do that with. But you can have a soil test done pretty easily and inexpensively. And once you know exactly what's going on with the soil in this area... I mean, that could be, you know, enlightening to have this information because you could be using the wrong seed. You could be using the wrong fertilizer. That will tell you exactly what type of fertilizer, when, how to water it. That's really the key here. And that should clear up a lot of this problem. Okay, that sounds great. I'll sure give it a try. Deb, I hope that helps you out. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Pit. 
Well, movies and television shows often lend themselves well to the creation of specialty products, and now Hollywood can add specialty color creation to its list of achievements, thanks to the launch of Pantone's Minion Yellow, which is based on the popular cartoon characters with that name. Yes, <laughs> it's really a super bright, vibrant yellow. You know, it happened after musician and Despicable Me soundtrack creator Pharrell Williams. You know, he noted that people really needed energizing color in their lives. So Pantone went on to work with Illumination Entertainment and Universal to create a new color that's inspired by the lively and, of course, mischievous sidekicks in Despicable Me, the Minions. And I'm sure you've seen those movies. And although the company has created palettes inspired by public personas, this is the first time Pantone has created and named a color based on a character. And the company is adding the new color to its fashion home and interior colors palette. Let's just hope that painting a room that color does not make the inhabitants behave in the way that the minions do. Please. (laughs) I know my kids don't need any help misbehaving. And those minions give them some naughty ideas. So beware. Wayne in Iowa is on the line with a septic issue. Tell us what's going on. Well, when I uh, take a bath, I have odor when I drain the tub. If I take a shower, I have no odor when I take when I take a shower. Obviously, I don't plug the, the drain. Um, but everything runs through down to one pipe, which goes out to a septic tank. I do know the line is good from the house to the septic tank because I had to dig that up before I ever did any any of the plumbing in the house. I did not replumb the drain on the on the tub, but otherwise the house has new plumbing throughout. So we don't think that it's in the drain line. For example, when you talk about sewer odors, the first thing you think of is a missing trap. But if the plumbing's been redone, it's not likely that that's the case. Correct? No, it 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 has a trap, but and it doesn't it doesn't leak into the basement. But I, whenever I take a shower, it works fine. But if I take a tub bath and pull the plug on the on the drain, I get a sewer odor in the hallway outside the bathroom. Because the other cause of those odors is something called biogas, is when you get a lot of bacteria that can form in a drain. And it may not even be the drain of the tub. It could be the drain of the sink. I presume there's a sink in that same bathroom. And sometimes even in the overflow channel of the sink, you get this bacterial buildup that can have just an awful odor to it. And the solution there is to thoroughly clean it with an oxygenated bleach so that you kill that bacteria. Flushing out the overflow channel, scrubbing the drain uh, with like almost like a bottle brush, to make sure that all that bacteria is eliminated. Biogas can be very, uh, very pungent and unpleasant to live with, but relatively simple to get rid of once you get to the spot where it exists. Will you give that a shot? Yes, sir. I most certainly shall. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling the Money Pit. Now we're heading over to Delaware where Margie has a crawl space question. What can we help you with? I'd like to know if you should put plastic on the ground Underneath your house, we have like a three-foot, so we can climb under there. Should we lay plastic on that for a barrier, for a moisture barrier underneath that, like a ranch house? What's the, is it underneath the entire house or is it just under a certain area? No, it's underneath the entire house. So you can crawl under and 
someone said you should put plastic on top of the dirt. Now, are you having any moisture issues inside the house? Uh, not really. We were just thinking it would be a good idea to do that. Now, generally, with an enclosed crawl space or one that's, you know, smaller scale to an entire home, we would always recommend putting down sort of a plastic sheathing and you want to fill the entire space. And in areas where you do have to have seams, you want to make sure that you overlap you know, a good foot or two so that it really lays down nicely. Um, now, Tom, would you do that if it's under the entire house? Yeah, I put it down across the crawl space floor along the entire house because it stops the moisture in the soil from wicking up and evaporating up into the air and then getting the insulation damp and making it ineffective. So it's always a good idea to have, it's called a vapor barrier, and have that down on top of that soil surface. You also want to check the exterior, though, to make sure that your gutters are clean, the downspouts are extended. It's part of a of a moisture management solution. It's not just, you know, one-off. You want to make sure you're limiting the amount of moisture that actually gets to that, you know, the dirt or the soil underneath the crawl space. So if you make sure that your gutters are extending away from the house, you know, a good three feet or so, um, and not depositing the water back towards that crawl space. You know, any sort of planting bedded areas, you want to make sure that that soil slopes away. You just want to do your best that you can to move the moisture away. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Well, thanks so much for calling the Money Pit. So does light bulb shopping, has this chore all of a sudden made your head spin? I mean, there's really a whole new vocabulary to learning about lumens and light color, as well as the finer points of understanding CFLs and LED bulbs. It's confusing. So if you're a home improvement expert like me and you're bored some Saturday afternoon at Home Depot, all you do is you stand near the light bulb aisle and you watch people walk up the aisle and down the aisle, and then back up the aisle, and down the <laughs> aisle, because it seems like it's harder than ever to figure out what kind of bulb you need these days, and what kind you can safely use with all these energy-efficient bulbs to choose from. Now, I think it's especially confusing when you have to choose the wattage that's right for your light. You have these wattage ratings that are based on the old bulbs, so how do you figure all that out? We're going to get tips from the guy responsible for making those recommendations at the UL. John Drengenberg joins us from UL after this. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. 
Ocketrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any Aquatrue purifier. Just go to Aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any Aquatrue water purifier when you go to Aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. Money Pit is brought to you by grain-engineered shaken shingle siding from the Tapco Group. Contractors can now offer homeowners the charm of natural cedar with none of the maintenance. Visit grain.com or ask your pro today. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, by now you might know that 40 and 60 watt incandescent bulbs are no longer being made. And still, we survive. You've probably seen more efficient bulbs labeled CFLs or LED, but what you might not know is what all these letters mean or how to calculate the wattage for your fixtures. Well, thank goodness we've got somebody here to help. We've got John Drangenberg, and he's the Consumer Safety Director for the Underwriter Laboratories. Now, you're going to see the UL label on pretty much just about anything that you buy that runs on electricity, and that's how you know it's been tested. So, John, welcome. Well, it's nice to be back with you both. So, John, let's start um, with just sort of the basics. So, consumers understand the difference between these two light bulb technologies between CFL and LED. It seems to me that CFLs were the first sort of uh, reign of energy efficient bulbs and now they're being phased out uh, in lieu of uh, more affordable LEDs. Is that correct? Well, that's really correct, Tom. Uh, the CFLs came first, and they're very energy efficient, as are the LEDs, which are kind of replacing the CFLs, believe it or not, even though they're a new technology. Both of those types, the CFLs and the LEDs, replace the older incandescent bulbs that we've all been familiar with, which have been around for well over 100 years. Here's where it gets a bit confusing, John, because while these bulbs are new, most of us are still using older light fixtures. And the warnings, and and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not sure if these are UL warnings, but generally there's a warning that says there's a maximum wattage of, say, a 100-watt bulb for a a fixture. Now, if we were to put the equivalent of a 100-watt LED in, we'd really only burning about a quarter of that in wattage, correct? You know, and that's true, and that is very confusing. And part of the problem, Tom, is because... The manufacturers mark their packaging for both LEDs and CFLs in watts for both the light and for the electricity that it consumes. And that's that's very, very difficult for everyone to understand. And I'm an electrical engineer, and it confuses me sometimes. So I can tell you that the fact is that... Uh, Uh, Those markings in the light fixtures and in the lamps are mandated by UL so that the uh, bulbs don't heat the wires and the sockets above the temperature limit that that, uh, we have in our standards. And we test that every time we test a fixture or a lamp or whatever it might be. But the real fact is that uh, manufacturers are telling you that this new CFL, which is a compact fluorescent light, or this new LED, light-emitting diode light, uh, has the equivalent light output of a 100-watt lamp or a 60-watt lamp or a 40-watt lamp, but that doesn't mean that um, the electricity that it draws is the same as the older incandescents. It's really about one quarter of what the incandescents draw. So, for example, if it says maximum 40 watts in your uh, desk lamp, 
you can put in a, an LED or a CFL that uh, gives 40-watt light output or even more than 40 watts simply because it doesn't draw that much power. Okay, yeah, and that was my key question. So if it says 40 watts as the maximum uh, lamp wattage, I could put conceptually an LED that's delivering 100 watts worth of light into that same fixture uh, because I know it's only burning about 25 watts of electricity. Does the heat correlate, John? I mean, because of the technology, is uh, as a 25-watt LED develop, delivering, say, 100 watts of, of equivalent light, is that going to generate the exact same amount of heat as a 25-watt incandescent bulb? No, it won't generate the exact same amount of heat, but certainly a lot less heat than the incandescent bulbs did. You know, the incandescent bulbs were inefficient simply because so much of the energy consumed turned into heat. If you've ever touched a, a hot light bulb and wanted to unscrew it, you know that you burned your fingers and you jumped back rather quickly. And that's because so much of that energy went into heat and not into light. But with the CFLs and the LEDs, much of that, if not most of that energy, goes into the light output and uh, not as much into heat. But yes, there is heat generated by, by those bulbs also, and you do have to be a little bit careful. But um, look at the electrical rating. The electrical rating that uh, is marked on the fixture of the lamp um, is uh, something that you should not exceed with the electrical rating of the CFL or LED. So, John, I think a lot of the confusion was how do you get rid of properly a CFL, and has that changed at all with the LED? You know, how do you get rid of them correctly? Well, both the LED and the CFL have a lot of electronics in the base that the old incandescents did not have. So when you dispose of these light bulbs, you want to make sure that you uh, recycle them just as you would any electronic equipment because there are electronics in the bulbs, in each and every bulb. John Drangen the Consumer Safety Director for Underwriters Laboratories. Thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit. And if you'd like more information, you can visit the Underwriters Laboratories website at ul.com. All right, John, maybe you finally convinced me to stop using incandescent bulbs. I mean, at some point I'm going to run out, right? It's <laughs> <laughs> stocking them. Seriously, I'm getting low, but I have been stuck. <laughs> All right, guys, coming up is your dog's favorite pastime digging holes in your yard. And maybe your favorite pastime does not include filling them. Well, stick around because we're going to have some advice on getting your pet to dig holes properly where you want them. Now, we're going to share some advice on getting your pet to behave when the Money Pit continues. Live in a money pit. Money pit. The Money Pit is presented by Leviton, the smart solution for all your electrical needs. Learn how to help improve your home's electrical safety at GetSafeToday.com. And be sure to enter their June Safety Products Giveaway. That's GetSafeToday.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, pick up the phone and give us a call because we are here to help you with your home improvement project. If you're working on your house, working on your apartment, we'd love to give you a hand. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. And one caller we talked to on the air this hour is going to win a cool prize. It's the Stanley Laser Distance Measurer with Bluetooth connectivity. You know, if you've not used one of these LDMs, they're really neat. You basically 
hold it against the wall and it tells you the distance between the spot you have it and the spot on the other side of the room. It's got a laser beam so you know exactly what you're measuring. And the TLM99S makes the job really quick and easy and it instantly will calculate the square footage, the volume, the distance, whatever you need to figure out in terms of the sizing, perhaps before heading out to the home center to pick up paint, carpet, whatever you need for your project. Mm, And you know what? Part of the coolness of it is that the multifunctional TLM99S laser distance measurer is small enough to fit in your pocket. It's a great tool for builders, for remodelers, real estate agents, do-it-yourselfers, painters, contractors, designers like me. Pretty much, if you need to measure anything, this is going to help make your life a lot easier. The TLM99S can also be used alone or with the new Stanley Floor Plan app, which is available for iOS and Android devices. You can map out your whole house complete with accurate measurements. For more information, visit stanleytools.com. Well, most dog owners are going to tell you that they love their pets, even when they're not behaving so nicely. But you don't have to put up with their antics. And I mean, all dogs have antics. You know, for example, are you finding holes in your lawn, maybe along your fence lately? Well, the warmer weather means that more idle time for your dog spent outside can actually bring on your dog's digging instinct. Yep, dogs dig for a lot of reasons. The thing is, they don't know digging is wrong unless you teach them. So if your dog is burying things like food or bones, you might dig up those items when he's not looking so that they won't be there the next time he digs. And after a while, he might realize that his digging is giving him no reward and actually think about stopping. Yeah, now another technique that dog professionals use is to actually spray the dog. I'm talking about lightly. Don't, you know, be aggressive here. You can spray the dog very lightly with a hose each time you notice the dog is digging. And then you offer praise when he manages to roam around the lawn without digging. And the dog will come to associate digging with being sprayed and positive attention when they're not digging. And some experts even say that many dogs will simply stop digging if they're given proper exercise. So taking the time to play with your dog might be the easiest solution. And remember that a dog's behavior is best changed when an owner is consistent with training and when other members of the household are encouraged to train the dog as well. And I've found this with my dog Spot. Positive reinforcement, like a treat, always works. Yeah, treats always work. Come on, I've always said to you, Tom, like, give me a cookie. I'll be really happy. (laughs) That's all I want. Just say, you know, say you're doing a good job and give me a cookie. Good girl, Leslie. Good girl. Yay! Beth in Texas is on the line with a painting question. How can we help you today? I had four columns on the uh, front of my house, and I live downtown in an old neighborhood that has beautiful 150-year-old oak trees. I have these four columns, and I have uh, the wood rots out from the it has it, those columns sit on concrete. Okay. And uh, last time I had them fixed, which was about 10 years ago, they put like a, a plastic or some kind of a block that's the same size as the column. It's a barrier, kind of, a moisture barrier, maybe, between the concrete and the pole. Uh, so then time passes, and here comes the rod again. And so I said, oh, my gosh. So I dug out the rod again. I went to Home Depot, and I got some of that product that, um, you know, you can fill in with. Um, like a Bondo. Right, right. It's some kind of a, it has wood in it, but it's plastic. It's something, I don't know what it is. But anyway, I did that. And, of course, my wounds were so deep, I could only put, you know, layer about a fourth inch in, and it took me forever to fill up the, the little holes. And so I finally got it to the edge, and I sanded it. It looked pretty darn good, and so um, I painted it. And then I put the first coat on. I said, oh, this paint's kind of thin, so I, I put another coat on. So in the meantime, here comes all this pollen from these giant oak trees and all this stuff that falls from the trees on my freshly 
painted mm-hmm. wood. I started crying. I oh, no. I started crying because I didn't know what in the world to do about paint. I mean, that stuff just sucked it up like a sponge. And so, I mean, I, I didn't know what to do. All right. Well, where are you now with the comms? Are you at a point where you need to replace them again? Or are you trying to just figure out a fix? Well, actually, what I did is I went back and I lightly sanded. I waited for a while and then I sanded it lightly and then I put another top coat on it. And, and I, I, I don't know. I still have little, I don't know what it is. It's not yellow pollen, but it's something, you know, it's kind of, it, my paint is bumpy. It's not, it's not nice like it should be after all that work. Well, here's a couple of solutions. You do need to sand it if you want to get the surface nice and smooth again. That's truly the only thing that's going to get rid of the pollen that sort of embedded itself into that wet paint. Then once you get a nice smooth surface on that column again, what you want to try to do is, and I know it would be a pain in the butt, but it's going to be super duper duper helpful. If you can get some paint tarps, plastic, canvas, whatever, if there is a way to sort of build a tent in these tarps around you know, the area to keep the pollen from sort of wafting in there while the paint is drying and while you're painting, you know, it'll be unsightly while the process is happening just because your beautiful front of your home will be draped in tarp. But it will actually help to keep the air circulating behind it to actually dry the column paint, but it will keep things from landing on it. So I would look into a way to do that. You know, they make all sorts of little prop poles and different things that work for, um, tarps but also you know a couple of good clips maybe you've got you know an overhang there or something that you can clip onto without damaging a gutter so you know that really could do the trick now fast forward to a couple of years down the road when you end up with such an amount of rot again you might want to consider replacing the columns with an architectural composite column now, in a lot of cases, because your wood column is actually a support, correct? Yes, ma'am. So what you might end up doing is they might replace that wood column, since you've done that before, they might replace the wood column with some sort of post that would be metal, that would be structural, and then there is an actual decorative wrap that looks exactly like the same type of fluted column or whatever type of column you might have that wraps around that support pole and then is a composite. So once it's painted and finished, you won't have to paint it again for a long, 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 long time because it's not made of an organic material. It's not going to take that moisture up that you're getting from the concrete and it's going to simply clean up with, you know, soap and water. So, you know, keep that in mind for down the road, and they would do that, you know, column at a time and make them structural. So there are ways to get around it, but you're going to have to sand again. I, I know. I, it didn't look too bad, but it didn't look too good either. <laughs> but thank you so much. I'll try those uh, tips. Coming up, are you ready to bring that springtime breezy feeling right into your house? Well, we're going to help you give a fresh new look to your tired old decor by swapping out a few key things. I'll tell you how after this. You live in a body pit. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. The Money Pit is brought to you by QuickCrete. It's what America's made of. For project help from start to finish, download the new QuickCrete mobile app. 
Time to get back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. So, question, have you had your AC serviced yet? No. Oh, come on. You know better. I know. Every time we talk about it, I write a little note like, called and scheduled a service, and then I forget. So thank you for the reminder yet again. It's going to happen the first like warm, hot day when maybe all of Henry and Charlie's friends are over enjoying themselves in the backyard. <laughs> Henry's birthday <and> party. The, <laughs> yeah, the house is filled with parents. The AC is going to go out. Uh, so that's calling. exactly what happens. You'll pay through the nose. So get it done now. If you haven't had your system serviced yet, get on it. Because just because it worked last year doesn't mean it'll work this year. And even if it does, you want to make sure it's working efficiently. All right, there you go. There's my lecture for today. I, see, I feel like the show dad. <laughs> scolding That's you okay. to get the job. And by, and, and by the way, clean your room too, will you? <laughs> I'll get on it. All right, guys, if you want to be, you know, berated by Tom like I am on a daily basis about things I forget, call us, email us, send in your questions. And I've got one here, a post from Nick in New Jersey who writes, I finished my wood kitchen table years ago and had no problems with it. Then I scratched it, so I sanded it and put on four coats of an oil-based polyurethane, allowing a day of drying in between each coat. Now it sticks if anything warm sits on it. Coffee cups, plates, everything. How can I fix this? Oh, man. Well, I'll give you an A for effort here, Nick. Four coats. Jeez. Well, I mean, that was good. He figured if one is good, four is better. And he's not (laughs) incorrect. But I think where you went wrong here is this. First of all, when you're dealing with the difference between a factory-based finish and a polyurethane sort of do-it-yourself-based finish, you've got to get all of the old finish off. You can't just sort of lightly uh, you know, scratch it up. You've got to get it all off. And then when you put the polyurethane on, you need to wait a long time for it to really dry. I think they didn't fully dry, even though it was maybe dust-free. I think these coats didn't dry. And of course, every coat you put on top of that just made it worse. So you've got to strip it all down to the raw wood and start again, Nick. Sorry, but this time, give it plenty of time to dry. Like I'm talking like I would do like a week, really. It really takes that long for the stuff to get super hard. Mm-hmm. It's got to cure properly. All right, Nick, sorry that we've just given you a super long project. Good luck. Well, now that the weather has warmed up and the days are longer, it's time to let your home's interior reflect what's happening outside. Leslie's got some tips to bring the spring in in this week's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Yeah, you can bring the outdoors in with a fresh, light, and airy look. I mean, that's what we're feeling outside, so why not have the interior of your home reflect that season as well? And you can start with the items that you're using on a daily basis. Now, you can change out any heavy or dark-toned winter linens or bed and towels for ones that are lighter in weight, softer in color, sort of evoke that feeling of spring and summer. And your draperies, you know, a lot of people don't keep more than one set of drapes on hand, but it's not a bad idea to have one set for the fall, winter, and one set for the spring, summer. And you can do so very affordably. You don't have to spend a ton. And you want to choose ones that are more seasonally appropriate. You can choose drapes that have more of a gauzy feeling, and that'll sort of help them blow in the breeze and make you think of springtime. Or you can swap a fabric shade for, you know, one that's in bamboo or reed, like a woven shade. And that brings that feeling of nature in as well. Even your throw pillows and your area rugs, If you can, swap them out for more summery colors and textures, and that's going to inspire that beachy frame of mind that we're all looking for this time of year. I mean, everybody had a very cold and snowy winter, so let's bring in those lighter colors and really start to feel happy that the weather is lovely. Changing your decor on a seasonal basis, it really keeps the look of your home fresh. And if you are a struggling designer like myself, I mean, I find I walk into a house, I want to change everything. It's like it's constantly the battle of the designer brain. And this kind of, you know, eases that. I don't feel the need to change every piece of furniture in my home, but just changing a couple of things 
you're going to satisfy that. So think about it and bring in the fresh, beautiful, seasonal colors and feel, and you'll be so much happier. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next time on the program, we're going to talk about outdoor kitchens. They're really hot this time of year, and they're not as expensive as you might think. We're going to give you some tips on how to turn your patio or porch into a sizzling kitchen space on the next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a Money Pit.